Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, Melinda and I are having a chat today um, after a long weekend in Brisbane where the, the weather over the weekend was absolutely perfect in the, in the 30s. Uh, and now we're sitting in the high 20s, um, no rain in sight. And post um, NRL Grand Final, which was held in Brisbane for the first time ever, um, seemed to go off without any sort of major issues. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not an, a rugby league follower. However, it's um, it was definitely great to see the Brisbane City light up. There were a few scares in the lead up with some COVID cases. However, um, again, we seem to have nipped that in the bud and, you know, we're very fortunate. So, you know, hopefully by the time this recording goes up, we're still in the same situation. But um, look, today we've got some more information to share with you. Um, We've had the amazing Pauline who works with our team um, prepare a lot of information that we're using as the basis for today's episode. And we're going to be sharing with you the top 10 most in-demand suburbs across all of Greater Brisbane over the last 12 months. Now, uh, you may recall if you um, are a regular podcast listener that we covered a similar topic back in December last year. Episode 33. That's right, episode 33, where we reported on the top 10 most in-demand suburbs up to September the 30th, 2020. Well, this time we're introducing the the top 10 up to the end of August 2021. So it's almost like a 12-month follow-up to see how that's changed, if that's changed, and, um, you know, potentially why that may have changed. Yeah, and as you said, a big thank you to Pauline. Um, Just under a month ago, I think it is now, Pauline had her second baby, a little girl, so congratulations. I think we might have mentioned that before, but um, as usual, Pauline back on back on the job and um, doing her work very well as, as usual. So thank you again, Pauline, for that. Um, it's interesting some of these when we go back through these and we will go back and go back to the episode 33 to see some of the suburbs that were there, what's still there and what's actually dropped off um, and some of the, um, the suburbs that are actually in there because I know we talk about a lot of people wanting to live up here in the in the sunshine and the warm weather and and the, where the grand finals held and all those types of things. We had the <laughs> AFL last year actually, as well as NRL this year. So why wouldn't you want to live in Brisbane? But it's interesting some of the suburbs when we start to talk about them and then we look into the demographics of who lives in those areas. What ones are actually in that top ten of the most popular? Yes, and I think that, you know, as we did last time, let's start at the number 10 suburb and work our way right up to the most in-demand suburb, which will be at number one. Um, And then we'll just talk about the suburbs that were previously in that top 10 that have dropped off and potentially why that has been the case. Now, of course, just for complete um, disclosure, the information that we are relying upon as a measurement of the demand in these locations is based on the number of views for properties in each location according to realestate.com over the last 12 months. So it is a measure of the number of people that have looked at a listing link. It's not the number of people that have physically inspected. It's not the number of people that have put forward offers. They are more qualitative indicators that we get an indication of by being on the ground. But when we're looking at data or quantitative data, that's numbers that 
are researched, uh, we can provide um, the actual number of visits per property um, in a particular location. And um, all of these numbers that we're going to report on can be compared to the Queensland average as well. So so those those um, suburbs, I'll just run through quickly, just in case people do want to write things down and track things. So in the previous episode, from 10 to 1, we went Graceville, Chelmer, Fairfield, Newmarket, Grange, Wilston, Holland Park, Shorncliffe, Chandler, and Kalinga. And that was an average back then. Uh, that was up to September 20, I believe. Yeah. Um, that was an average of 714. So what Scott means by that is that the average number of visits per property across all of Queensland was 714, but the average number of visits in each of these suburbs um, varied from 3,582 in Kalinga um, right down to 1,951 in Graceful. So that's a lot higher in these suburbs compared to the overall um, average number of searches um, in each location across Queensland, which was just 714. So now when we're comparing an equivalent period up to uh, the 31st of August 2021, the Queensland average um, in terms of the number of searches in a particular location, um, 873. So when we compare that with the previous Queensland average of 714, it definitely indicates that we have more demand for properties across all of Queensland than we did 12 months ago. So that's the very first, um, you know, thing or that we can actually draw from this data. So in, interesting, like that increase in average, that's actually quite a bit, 100 and, oh, doing my sums there now, 100, just under 160, 159. Views um, per property. Views mm. per property. So that has gone up. And it's interesting when we go through that, and I am looking at some of the numbers here, some of the some of the well the top two previously were in the three thousands. However, this time your lower or well, all the top ten, I think on an average would actually probably push that up a bit higher. Um, so it does obviously the numbers are higher there. So um, so number ten in the current list, we've got Camp Hill, um, just on the south side of Brisbane, um, very popular suburb. Average there of two thousand one hundred and sixteen for Camp Hill. Yeah, so 2,116 views per property listed up to the end of August over the preceding 12 months. So Camp Hill was not on the previous list. Um, the current median value, according to RP data in Camp Hill, is sitting at uh, $1,230,000. So fairly high median for Brisbane. Um, and the other thing that is interesting about Camp Hill and a lot of these suburbs that are on the top 10 list is um, who lives in this particular location. And when we look at Camp Hill, we've got the largest population group being maturing couples and families being 20.2% of the demographic. We've then got established couples and families making up 18.1% of the demographic. And the third largest population group are older couples and families making up 15.2%. So it's a very clear front runner that families are the dominant population group here in the suburb of Camp Hill. So we move to number nine, uh, an area we probably know fairly well, uh, Wilston in, in our backyard, uh, 2,130 views with a median price in Wilston of 1.43 mil. 
Yeah, now Wilston was on the previous top 10 list. It's coming in this year at number nine. Um, in the last previous 12-month period, it was sitting at number five. So um, as Scott said, 2,130 views per listing right now. Um, previously in the, the 12 months prior, 2,293 views per listing. So not quite as many views at the moment. But what I will say, and this is something to make um clear is that we are in a listing environment which is nearly 30% down in Brisbane compared to 12 months ago. So there's 30% fewer listings available. However, we see that we've got more um, buyers potentially in the market. So that can also have an impact on um, you know, some of these numbers. It's definitely something to keep in mind as we track through the remaining eight. So Wilston, 23.8%. Uh, established couples and families yes followed by uh maturing couples and families 15.3 percent and then older couples and families 15 percent yeah so top three demographic um groups in wilson exactly the same top three as camp hill all very much family dominated um demographic groups uh so it is a trend that we are seeing amongst most of the top 10 um, and as Scott mentioned previously, pretty high median value there at $1,430,000. So um, similar to Camp Hill and that we're well above the median value for all of Brisbane um, in the, the amount that people are prepared to pay to get into these suburbs. So number eight, um, as you said earlier, Camp Hill wasn't on the list last time. This one as well. Um, number eight is Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill is out to the west, um, just near Indrapilly, Canmore, out that way. 2,233 views with a medium price of $1,080,000. Yeah, so Chapel Hill is new to the list, as Scott said. It wasn't previously on the top 10. Um, and again, we can break down the demographics in Chapel Hill. Now, a very clear front runner in terms of the demographic breakdown are older couples and families. 28.3% of the suburb um, fall into that category followed by established couples and families at 17.9% of the demographic and finally maturing couples and families at just 10.3%. So um, a very clear breakdown in, again, in those top three categories being the family dominant uh, areas. So, you know, so far in those, those three that have hit, you know, numbers eight, nine and 10 in the top 10 list, they're definitely family um, locations. And I don't think we'll get much change on the next one either. Um, the Grange. Um, so Grange, again, just on the north side, just north of Wilston in that area. Uh, it was previously on the list. It's sitting at number six last time we did this. Uh, this time sitting at number seven with 2,251 views. Previously, it was 2,278. So very similar. And the median value in Grange is 1.27 mil. Yeah, it's a very tightly held location, um, backs onto the Kedron Brook, which is a very family-friendly um, area. Now, again, let's look at that demographic data and see who lives in the Grange. Um, and again, we've got a dominance in those top three family groups. Now, uh, the most common group are established couples and families, making up 24.1% of the demographic there. Um, followed by maturing couples and families at 17.9% of the demographic. And then finally, we've got older couples and families making up 14.2% uh, of the demographic. So again, very clear indicators that um, the, the suburbs predominantly in this top 10 list are those family-friendly locations. Yeah. And number six, um, 
was on the list last time at number four. It's actually interesting to see it has dropped down a few places, but with these numbers, um, previously at number four, it was 2,315. This time sitting at number six, Holland Park, down on the south side, 2,335 with a median price of $1,010,000. Yeah, so Holland Park, um, again, the, the top three demographic groups, exactly the same as, as the other suburbs that we've already listed. So Holland Park um, has the most dominant population group being established couples and families making up 19% of the demographic. You've got maturing couples and families making up 16.8% of the demographic and then older couples and families making up 16% of the demographic. And just so that you can understand some of the other population groups that are measured because, you know, this is, you know, um, important to, to understand how this is broken down. You will also have a category of maturing and established independent groups. You'll have independent youth. You'll have older independents. You'll have elderly singles. You'll have young families. You'll have elderly couples and you'll have elderly families. So they are the entire, um, you know, demographic groups broken down um, and it has been a dominance in the suburbs so far that we've got established couples and families, maturing couples and families and older couples and families as being the dominant population group in the top 10 most in-demand suburbs. I think we're getting an idea where a lot of the families like to live by some of these. So um, so if we move into the top five, um, number five is Graceville. Um, Graceville was actually previously at number 10 with 1,951. Now they're sitting at number five with 2,412 and a median price in Graceville of 1.3 mil. And probably not a surprise to anyone what I'm about to tell you about the demographic, um, but again, made up of the top three family groups, 23% being established um, couples and families, 17.4% being maturing couples and families and 17.7% being older couples and families. So same top three demographic group. Scott, I think what this tells us, and I know we're about to go into the top four, but it, it what it tells us is that, you know, the people that have been looking to buy, um, because this is a reflection of the searches on realestate.com, so the people that have been looking to buy have been families. Now, those families may be uh, from interstate, but they also may be locals looking to upgrade their homes, given the current um, very low interest rate environment. And all of these locations to date have a median value well above um, the median value for all of Greater Brisbane. All of them have a median value at a suburb level over that $1 million mark. So, you know, we're definitely talking um, the the inner ring. We're not talking uh, suburbs that are in the outer ring or in other areas of Greater Brisbane. And we have collated data from all of the locations around Greater Brisbane. So um, for those that are listening, it gives you an indication of where that demand is. Now, we can also overlay that with what we've been seeing in the data from a growth perspective. Now, you may recall from our market updates that we've seen higher um, capital growth levels in the top end of the market. Um, and the most recent um, segmentation shows that at the top 25% of values, we've had 6.9% growth in the three-month period up to the end of August whereas in the bottom 25% of values, um, we've had 3.4% growth in the three months up to the end of August. So remember that um, to see capital growth 
um, occur, we need to have a high demand location. You need a lot of buyer depth. So when we're buying into a market where there's a lot of buyer depth, we may need to expect to pay more to secure that property because of the level of competition in that market. So it's just something to keep in mind as we track through the final four, because you know, when you're buying into a high demand market, you definitely um, need to potentially pay what someone else is prepared to pay. We can get an understanding of who's in these markets based on the demographic data for the location. These are clearly family dominated areas. So you are competing with a dominance of families who are buying a family home um, and therefore it's a very competitive location. They're, they're all actually pretty good locations, <clears throat> knowing Brisbane fairly well. Um, they're actually pretty good locations for, for lifestyle as well um, with shops and things, restaurants, things like that, parkland around them, um, and actually pretty good schools. Uh, most of them are actually, I think, I haven't gone through it in depth. Maybe I should have done a bit of that before here, but um, there, there's some good schools in those areas as well. So um, if we move into number four then, um, it's Newmarket. So again, just on the north side of Brisbane, Newmarket was previously in at number seven um, with 2,207. Views and now new markets moved up to number four with two thousand four hundred ninety six median value one point one nine mil. Now new market um, is a suburb that does not actually match the demographic criteria that we have previously um, spoken about, and that's why I wanted to actually highlight that before we move into new market because it is the only location that has a slightly different mix of buyer groups. So. Um, in terms of the demographic, we've got 23.9%, so the largest segment of the demographic being independent youth moving into new market. Um, we've got 13.8% being maturing and established independent groups, and we've got 13.8% established couples and families. What I will say about new market also is that you don't just have um, homes on their own lot in Newmarket. You also have some townhouses and you have some um, low to medium density units, so sort of three-level walk-up units as well. So you've got a little bit more of a mix of who lives in that location simply because of the product type as well. So that's definitely something to keep in mind when interpreting this data. Yeah, there is a pocket in Newmarket there where there's quite a lot of units in between the Newmarket Reading Shopping Centre and the Newmarket uh, Swimming Pool. Um, that's where there is quite a lot of units and sort of townhouses in that pocket as well. And of course, that can, you know, uh, potentially um, change the data when we're not looking specifically at houses versus units. Um, and it's just important to be able to interpret that by understanding what types of dwellings exist in a particular location and, and why that might um, be in this top 10 list as well. So number three, this is not a bit, not a surprise actually to me, um, Tarragindi. Tarragindi's moved, moved up into that top 10 and, and straight into number three, 2,543, median price, 1,020,000. And, 20. and um, yeah, not previously on the list 12 months ago, but, gee, haven't we seen a change based on our on-the-ground assessments in Tarragindi? Now, it is the very first suburb to the south of the CBD along the M3 that is dominated by low-density residential housing, and we've seen a huge influx in the number of people wanting to uh, purchase in Tarragindi and a lot of people are actually buying for the land. They're, they're buying to knock down and rebuild. Now remember you can't do that in locations where you've got character homes which are typically 
the next suburbs in, um, such as Annalee and Green Slopes, you can't, the, the dominant type of property in those locations are going to be character Queenslander homes, which generally are protected from demolition, depending on the overlays. But um, yeah, Tarragindi, dominance of low density homes, no character protection. And we're seeing a huge, huge influx in demand because of that. So the established um, couples and families, 22%. Older couples and families, 17.6%, and maturing couples and families, 16.6%. So they've stayed on that trend with majority. Yeah, so again, uh, we're back to the top three um, demographic groups being family-oriented, um, and that's definitely what we know about Tarragindi. Very family-friendly, um, you know, a lot of parklands, good schools, um, you know, very good cafe culture as well developing in that location. So, uh, yeah, not a surprise to see those top demographic groups um, being dominated by families yet again. And number two, another new one uh, moving into the top ten, straight into number two is Belmont. Um, 2,576 views. Probably the lowest median of, of any of the uh, suburbs in this um, top 10 that we've got at $902,000. Yeah, um, a surprising new entrant coming in at Belmont, um, but definitely a more affordable location compared to the other uh, locations in this top 10 list. Um, so Belmont is heading out in uh, towards the Bayside suburbs to the southeast of the CBD. Um, and when we look at the demographic data for Belmont, it is no different to the majority of other suburbs in this top 10 list. We've got 24% being older couples and families, 22.5% established couples and families, and then we've got 11.6% being maturing couples and families. So again, um, um, not not unlike all of the other uh, suburbs on this top 10 list, dominance of you know families, and that's the, the group that um, are looking in this location. And number one. Do we need a drum roll? As per last time, <laughs> stayed in the number one spot and it uh, held that spot again here is Kalinga. Um, an interesting one, Kalinga. It's a quite a, a really small suburb just on the north of the city, um, northeast, I guess, a little bit, probably actually almost Direct directly north. north. Um, Kalinga actually shares a postcode with Woolawan. Mm. Um, so quite a small suburb, Kalinga. Very popular. Again, it gets access to... Um, the parkland and ran through Shaw Park and and out that's where Kedron Brook continues out through that way um, and you continue out through the bikeway to the to the wetlands area um, so its average this time is 2611 um, of searching and its median price at 1.42 mil Yes, um, a very small suburb, um, but very high demand. And, you know, when we do see properties become available, remember, we are in a very low supply environment. So we don't see a lot of great listings coming up in this very small suburb. But when we do, um, there's a lot of interest in these properties. There's a lot of clicks on realestate.com. And that's indicative based on the you know, search data that we have available to us. Now, remember, 2,611 um, clicks or, you know, um, property views, I guess you could say, in this location. Um, compare that to the Queensland average of 873. So we're really looking at strong demand in this particular pocket. Now, Kalinga is such a small um, a suburb that there's no demographic data available um, for that at a suburb level. What we do know about Kalinga based on our anecdotal um, information is that it's a very family-friendly yeah. location. Um, you know, you're very close to the parklands, you've got a beautiful cafe culture um, and beautiful Queenslander homes. A lot of them are maintained on large 810 square metre uh, blocks, so they're definitely family homes. 
Um, and yeah, a lot of them have been extensively renovated and that reflects in a high median value of 1.42 mil, um, very similar to Wilston, um, which is just at 1.43 mil. So definitely, you know, a, a location that is dominated by families, even though we don't have that suburb breakdown data um, to, to draw upon. So it's interesting, some of the ones, um, as I mentioned at the start of that that top 10 list, so some of the ones that did drop out of there, um, yeah, Fairfield was did drop out, um, and I think the biggest two probably, which were second and third previously, were um, Chandler. So we had Chelmer, we had Fairfield, and then we had uh, Chandler and Shawncliffe. So Chandler was at two, Shawncliffe was at three, Fairfield at eight, and Chelmer at nine. Um, I think probably the biggest two that were probably a little bit of a, almost a surprise to me to be in there last time was two and three, Chandler and Shawncliffe. Um, but for them to be gone, I think it's, that's really a lifestyle type of thing. Um, Chandler heading out to the, to the bayside, um, big blocks of land out that way. Shawncliffe out on the bay to the north. Um, again, lifestyle out that way as well. Yeah, and I think that when we, we, you know, recorded that episode last year and we were reflecting on data up to... Um, September, the end of September 2020. Remember, we'd just been through a pandemic and I think that the first wave of the coronavirus pandemic did shift um, the way a lot of people wanted to live and that may have been reflective in the demand for some of those lifestyle locations, some of those areas that were lower density, larger blocks, um, you know, bayside locations. Um, However, it is interesting to see how that that has now, you know, that trend has shifted and those lifestyle locations, there's no Bayside locations, um, no large acreage locations that are back on the top 10 list now. So, you know, I'm excited to be able to do this again in 12 months time just to see if we've still got the family friendly locations as being the most dominant um, or the most in-demand locations according to searches on realestate.com or whether we might see a further shift into the future. Yeah, so... It's actually quite a good top 10. I don't mind those suburbs um, when we look at those. Um, Very popular areas throughout Brisbane. Um, So, look, hopefully that's been some good information. Um, It's always interesting to look back and reflect on what we talked about um, previously, especially 12 months ago, time seems to fly, Um, and then look at it again now. So we'll have to put that on our to-do list again this time next year. Um, So, um, look, I'll let Melinda wrap things up as usual. Uh, It's been good talking Take care and um, we'll talk again next week. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now. Yeah, we always like to reflect back on, you know, where we've been and what that could mean about the future. And, of course, even if you are um, a home buyer, you're wanting to know what the competition might be in a particular area, um, these are the most in-demand locations. That might give you an indication of how much you need to stretch because you're going to be competing with a lot more buyers in these types of areas. Um, Alternatively, even for investors, it's important to know what the demand is in a particular location. The higher the demand in an environment where listings are low, um, the more you may have to stretch just to secure a property. So there's the big tip uh, for today. But I hope that's been useful. Um, We always enjoy recording these podcasts. And as always, with the time that we've put in, we love to get your feedback. uh, And if you do get us a chance, if you do get the chance to leave us a review, we would really appreciate that. But don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and family. Tell them about um, the information that we share so that if they are looking to buy in Brisbane, they are more informed. We look forward to speaking with you again next week. Until then, bye for now. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.